Welcome to another podcast from Generations Church. We trust you will be encouraged today. Thank you, Tyson. I am going to come and introduce our not-so-guest speaker this morning. He is a man of renown. His beard is long. His hair is thin. You know him well, Special K. Carla likes to serve me, I like to serve him, and I'm not as good at it as he is. I have to get everything just right. Thank you, Pastor Trav. Oh, I thought you were going to take a sip, too. It's, no, it, I, it would be blessed if you did, so. Good morning. Well, since I always, uh, if I have an opportunity where I can preach or speak up here, I always talk about men's morning prayer. Wednesday, every Wednesday at 6.30 a.m., and men are showing up for that, so if you have time that you can make it on Wednesday morning, it's at our headquarters, look that up on our app, uh, encourage you to come, and I am super excited about Manfrance. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm just coming with anticipation and expectation this year um, that God's going to show up, and when uh, I just think of like, if someone's coming and not knowing God, they're going to know God at the end of this. And that uh, someone's needing healing from addiction or health or mental, that they're going to come back healed. And I think of the men in the church, uh, when men come together and seek God, look out, church. And I just want to say, like, I'm I'm coming with expectation that I'm coming back changed. So I just want to encourage you men to come with expectation that you won't come back the same. And the the women said, amen, right? (laughs) For sure. Jan is like, how can he ever change? He's so amazing. <laughs> you know I'm going to chuck that in there for sure. Um, so I'm continuing the series uh, on prayer. Pastor Trav spoke on the tabernacle prayer. Um, it was really good. If you missed it, listen to it. Next week is Pastor Amy, I believe. You're finishing it. Yep. So don't miss that. That will be the men's uh, retreat there. And can I just remind you, guys, we need to pray for our pastors. They are called to lead Generation Church. For Pastor Trav and Amy, God, we, we, just, we just need to, um, yeah, pray for them. And uh, they're, they're, they're called to do that, and we need to honor them. And just, yeah, I just want to say that. And it's, our, it's our, definitely our responsibility to do that. So I love this series on prayer. Uh, Jan and I, this is a big thing for Jan and I. Uh, if you know us, prayer is number one. Um, and did you know that Jana prayed for this? This meaning me. This, it's, it's true. You got to talk to her. So Jana had a list of things that she was uh, praying for. We've been dating since she was 16. I was 17. And, uh, and yes, and she chose this. I was beardless at the time. But a lot of you guys know that I love to pursue my wife. I'm, I like to pursue her and... Uh, and I'm in constant pursuit of her. And I've talked about this before that I love to woo my wife. She likes the old Mr. Darcy show. So I use, <laughs> I heard her laugh there. Uh, the wooing, they would say wooing. So I actually say I'm wooing you. So I do this a lot. I drop her off. If we're working at early in the same time in the morning, uh, I like to uh, woo her as we're, I'm letting her out of the vehicle. And I just, I just want to remind her because this is, this is what she prayed for, you know? <laughs> And I want to remind her every day of that. And, and this is, <laughs> she got what she wanted, so. I just want to say that. Love you, wife. 
Uh, you know what? I'm just going to say, men, this is a serious thing. Let the best thing that your wife hears about herself come from you. Good. Just want to encourage you with that, future husbands. Uh, yeah, just let the best thing of your wife hears about herself comes from you. So good. Anyway, so this title of this message is The Prayer of Jabez. So let's just open up in prayer. Heavenly Father, I just thank you for this day. Thank you for this opportunity that we can come and worship you and hear your word, God. And God, that your word would just come to life, Father. And that you would use me as a vessel, God, to, to share your word. And God, that you would just rest in this place. Let ears be open to what you have to say. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. So we're going to just open up uh, with 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14. If my, people, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. A lot of people are, are not really sure know how to pray right now. Uh, you find yourself in that moment without words and you're like, I don't even know what to pray for. Um, I've never been a long-winded prayer. Uh, so there's been times where I'm like, there's only like three words that come out. It's like, ah, it's just like heal Ed's heart. I just, I do that one a lot. He's right there. You got to pray for him. Uh, but then you get those people that, you know, you're in a room and then they're praying and they have these huge words and you don't know what they're saying. You're thinking they're probably making up those words, but they're just so eloquent. And I'm like, I'm not even like that Lord. So just use me. Uh, so you might be in your quiet time and, and you want to spend time with, in prayer with God, but you're not knowing how to pray. So every year that goes by, I'm always learning how to pray. You know, there's different situations that Jen and I go through and it kind of makes you dig deeper in, in your prayer life. So what is the priority of prayer? It's to pray first. A lot of times prayer isn't our first response, it's our last resort. Uh, we don't want to be, we definitely don't want it to be our last resort. So we look in Mark chapter 1, verse uh, 35. This is uh, Jesus praying in, in a solitary place. So very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Jesus made it a priority. If Jesus makes it a priority, we definitely need to make it a priority. And if the people that know me and the people that don't, uh, Jan and I, this is our first priority. We get up at five every morning uh, to pray uh, together as a husband and wife. And uh, it's been over six years for me. It's going to be the three years for Jana this year. But it's our priority because we've seen, seen things change in our house, in our relationships with people getting healed. And it's, it's, it's our priority. So prayer should be our first response, not our last resort. So a plan of prayer. Can, you can actually find the model of prayer throughout the Bible. Little, there's not lots on prayer, but prayer ha, that has a certain order to them. So when Jesus was teaching the Lord's Prayer, he wasn't just teaching you to pray, but he was teaching you the plan of prayer. So if we look at uh, Luke chapter 11, verse uh, 2 to 4, he wasn't giving us a 20-second prayer. He was giving us elements of prayer. And we're just going to start on, yeah, on number two there. He said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be thy name. So that's saying, I'm just worshiping you, God. Thank you, Father, for all that you've done. Yeah. Hallowed be thy name. Then it goes to your kingdom come. So that's spending time in, about his kingdom coming and his will be done. 
And then three, give us this day our daily bread. So spending time in our needs, on our, God, we need help right now in my work, whatever your situation might be. Forgive us our sins. So getting our heart right with God. And then forgiving, uh, and we also forgive everyone who sins against us. And that's a hard one for us, but if Jesus can do it, we can do it. And lead us not in temptation. God, protect us, strengthen us, and fill us. So the prayer of Jabez, you might be familiar with it, you might not be. It's found in the book of First Chronicles, mainly listed of geologies. Um, it's a hard part of the Bible if you're getting to it. It's the, the descendants of so-and-so, and it just keeps going. And as a kid, I used to always put the Bible on before I went to bed. And I remember this actually coming on. I played, I had a cassette tape player, you know, with, and it had six uh, boxes of the, tape, of the Bible on it. And I would just go through it. And I remember this time it was coming through the, all these names. And you think this is the time to sleep, but I could not fall asleep in that part. So in, it, what's really interesting, in the middle of the 600 names, there's one name singled out, and it was Jabez. There's an honorable mention because of the prayer he made, and God granted his request. So we're going to take a look at that verse, 1 Chronicles chapter 4, verse 9 to 10. Jabez was honorable, more honorable than his brothers. His mother had named him Jabez, saying, I gave birth to him in pain. Jabez cried out to God of Israel, Oh, that you would bless me, enlarge my territory. Let your hand be with me, and keep me from harm, so that I will be free from pain. In his prayer, he never asked God to deal with where he is, but he, he went to after the things that God had for, for him and others. And God granted his request. In verse 9, the story begins with his name. It means pain. Imagine your name's meaning pain. Uh, through delivery, uh, maybe the mother's circumstances, but Jabez was labeled with the name pain from birth. So I'm going to tell you, I was labeled from my name, but the people that don't know me from birth, not from the people I know. So my name is Carlisle, so it's spelled K-A-R-L-Y-L-E. Now, uh, I got three, three examples of what my name, so um, my label was that I was a girl. You're like, where's Carlisle going with this? Um, so when I was younger, I lived in Grovedale, and my dad and them were, were visiting a neighbor, just meeting him, and we're introducing myself, and I said, well, my name's Carlisle. He goes, that sounds like a girl's name. I'm like, mm, I'm right here. I can hear you. <laughs> like, it's not like, cool, thanks. I feel manly now. But uh, then my dad told him, well, he has a nickname. You maybe can remember his nickname. So in my, in my dad growing up, my nickname was actually, I don't, not many people know this, but it was Pijo. That's weird. I'm not going to go into it. And the guy said, pea soup? I'm like, no, it's Pijo. From that day forward, I was called Pea Soup because he, he couldn't say my name. Yeah, that's, that's encouraging as well. You got a girl's name that he thinks, and then your name's Pea Soup to him. So, and then going to the doctors and dentists. This happened so many times. Uh, Mr. Carly Kent, come to the front, or Carly Kent, come to the front desk, Carly Kent. And I'm like... This is not cool. And there was one time I remember uh, St. Albert uh, was at a clinic, and they said, Carly Kent, come to the front desk. And I get up, and people start chuckling. It was full. And I actually had to defend my honor at that moment. I said, I'm Carlisle, and I'm a man. <laughs> that's what I did. I did. I got some <laughs> So, 
And it even has happened at work. So I worked for a company, they bought a hotel, and then we hired a whole bunch of people that I didn't meet. So they would send me their timesheets and uh, we'd send uh, documents back and forth. So I never actually met them, but I knew where they are. And there's times that I was, I was at the hotel and I could see them from a distance, but I didn't officially met. So in, they would send me their timesheets and they're like, thank you, Miss Carlisle, in their thing. So because I'd say my name in there, but then it started moving to Miss Carly. And like my name every time said Carlisle. A lot of people ask me if I go by Carl or Lyle, it's Carlisle. I don't, I don't go with either, just Carlisle, just call me Carlisle. Or Special K, whatever. <laughs> but so they, they kept on calling me Miss Carly. And I was like, oh, I'll see them one day and then I'll let them know. Um, I wasn't gonna do it through email. But then it was months after, like this is happening and they still keep calling me Carly. I'm, I'm okay with it. It was actually making me laugh a lot. So I left it and then it came that time that we got to introduce ourselves. It was a glorious moment for me <laughs> because uh, I got to stand there and they're like, oh, what's your name? I'm like, my name's Carlisle Kent because my last name's Kent. And the woman's eyes just looked at me and just, she put her head down. She's like, I thought you were a girl. You do not look like a girl. So that's good. That's at least when they see me that I don't look like a girl. But so that's my, my struggles. So I'm over it, I think. So Jabez was labeled from birth by his name, so pain. It's very important because a lot of times your pain can hijack the rest of your, or what God wants to do in your life. So pain can cause such distractions. So physical pain, so I can, I can relate because I had knee surgery not that long ago. I'm actually doing phenomenal, but then I also have balding discs. Uh, it's been probably like six years. So it's very distracting. Uh, you want to do something, you can't do it, but... And then mental uh, pain too. A lot of you know there's a lot of struggles out there with mental health. Um, I honestly would rather deal with <laughs> physical pain than men or mental pain with than physical pain. Uh, just a lot of you know that what I struggled with when I was younger, but it's kind of the, it's hard in those times, and it, it can be very distracting. So how many of you are labeled or holding on to that label from a young age even? And we live in that so we live in that label of what, whatever it is, you can, you can fill it in. We know Jabez didn't get labeled by his name because the first part of the verse was, Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. So Jabez's prayer shows us how to overcome suffering and pain. It's not trying to solve your pain or suffering, but it was to replace it with a passion for something more. I think the reason why God answered his prayer was because Jabez was focused on what God was focused on. So Jabez mentions four things. These are four things that God wants for you. Every, every day I pray these four things. You know, you pray for your family. And Jabez prayed, oh, that you would bless me. So the first one will be pray for blessing. I think we have it on there. Number one, pray for blessing. Jan and I pray for this every day. God bless us so we can be a blessing to others in all areas. Not, it's, a lot of people go to the financial part. It's great, but in all areas. Use the things that we have, Lord, our time, our resources, our home, which has been used for that. God wants you blessed. In fact, God's nature is to bless you. So Psalms chapter 5, verse 12. Surely, Lord, you bless the righteousness, or righteous. You surround them with your favor as with a shield. So question for you. Why does God want you blessed? Because if you're not blessed, you can't be a blessing. 
We are blessed to be a blessing. The word blessing means to impart uh, supernatural favor. So, and, and the word of scripture, in scripture of blessing is to prosper. Prosperity definition is to push forward, not just in your money, but in your marriage, your health, your, your uh, mental health, in, in favor. You're just moving forward. And then we look at Genesis chapter 26, verse 12 to 13. Then Isaac sowed in the land and reaped the same year a hundredfold, and the Lord blessed him. The man became prosper and continued to prosper, uh, prospering until he became very prosperous. God, God doesn't shy away from that word, prosperity. Neither should we. So in 3 John chapter 1, verse 2, it reads, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health, just as your soul prospers. I know there's a, like a hyper-prosperity theology out there. Some teach that prosperity, like the selfishly and what want more for themselves. We don't give, so we get, we get to give. So we don't shy away from the biblical uh, prosperity. And biblical prosperity is blessing, prosperity, having more than you need so you can make an internal difference to the lives and, of others. So why does God want to bless you? And it's not up there, I don't have the verse up there, but it's at the end of Genesis 12, verse 2, and it says, I will bless you, and you will be a blessing to others. That's the answer. God doesn't want to meet your need, he wants to give you more than you need. So you can be, have something to give away. So, so we are blessed to be a blessing. The worst thing you can do is to just to pray for your own needs. God, don't give me my needs, but give me more than I need. I will take what I have that I'm going to not just enjoy it for myself, but I'm going to give it to the people around me in, my, in the world around me. And dream while you pray. Write down your dreams and visions while you pray. Do you know you can tell if the dream is from God? If they're impossible for you to accomplish without him, then you know it's God. If the size of your dream isn't intimidating to you, there's a good chance it isn't the, uh, what God has in mind for you. Okay. So, Lord, give me more than I need so that I can be a blessing to the world around me. And this is what I pray all the time. And I think of my dreams. I'm, I'm not a, I've never been a big dreamer. I'm, I'm a guy that, let's get it done. I'll help you. I'll support you in the dream. But the past few years, God has been changing that. And he's giving me some big dreams beyond me. And it started about just my family, but it extended outside my family about generations and my friends and generations beyond that. And I've never, ever been a dreamer that way. And there's no way that I could do it on my own because they're too big for me. So you might think that God will never fulfill the dreams that God's given you, or you might say it and, you, and that he showed you, like, I have this dream for you, and you're like, it will never happen for me. You might have to repent from saying that. That'll never happen to you. And you might need to change your language because he wants to bless you. So Jabez understood this. I'm a person who is marked by pain, but I will not be marked by my pain. God can bless me and give me more than I need so I can be a blessing. So the second thing that Jabez prayed was enlarge my territory. That's what we need to do with blessing. So number two, pray for influence. Once you have a blessing, God wants you to, to make a difference. What do you do with blessing? 
you use it to do more than you're currently doing. God wants to enlarge your influence. The word for ministry, that's a word for ministry. Definition of ministry is living out your faith with others. Paul prayed that his ministry would be enlarged. And we'll look at that in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 15 to 16. We do not boast beyond limit in the labor of others, but our hope is that your faith increases. Our area of influence among you may be greatly enlarged so that you may preach the gospel in the land beyond you without boasting of the work already done in another area of influence. So the problem with us is that we, we, we make it about us, and most of, most of us, we don't uh, do it just because uh, we can't do it. And don't analyze it according to your own ability and your experience. You'll disqualify yourself every time. This kind of prayer gives us faith to realize that uh, God can do it more than what we can. So in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all that we have asked or imagined, according to the power that is, work, that is at work within us. Lord, this is just pray, like, Lord, enlarge me so that I might reach and fulfill, fulfill my potential in my life. Then Jabez prays, oh, that your hand would be on me. So when we think, once, once you are blessed and God's giving you influence, you'll need him to show up even more in your life because you'll realize that it's too big without God and God's influence. So if you get blessing and then influence, it's going to be, oh my goodness, I can't do this, it's too big. That's why the third thing Jabez prays is that for we let your hand be upon me, which is God's presence. So number three would be pray for presence. This is the hand of God upon you because I, can, I can't do it. You took me from a place outside my ability and God loves to do that. I know all about that. He loves to put his hand upon you. The, the hand of the Lord was a sign of a presence of God. And we're going to look at that in Acts chapter 11, verse 21. The Lord's hand was with them and a great number of people believed and turned to the Lord. This is a presence of God that settled on the people. And some of God wants to put his hand on you. He wants to put his hand on you and, and the calling that is in your life. But you just don't want to step out in that. And so this is just a question. So if I say step out, out of your comfort zone, step into something greater in ministry or your giving or serving or some dreams they have, I'm, I'm assuming that makes you nervous. And it's, just, it's supposed to. Like it's supposed to make you nervous. But God loves to use the unqualified and putting his hand on them. And that's what he showed in pretty much everybody that he used in scripture. Um, he talked about Abraham. Abraham was older. He used him. He can still use you, Lauren. I just want you to know that. You're not done. Oh, no, I can't. I, I love Lauren. Uh, Elijah was suicidal. Job went bankrupt. Moses was, had a speech problem. Gideon was afraid. Samson was a womanizer. Ed Deeth had too many sins to count. Uh, oh, I don't, that shouldn't have been in there. Uh, I might have added to that. Uh, Jonah, <laughs> sorry, ran from God. Paul persecuted and killed Christians. And David was a, a shepherd boy. So people, when they saw David, they seen a shepherd, right? And when God looked at him, he saw a king. And when man looks at the outward appearance, God looks at our heart. So God used people. 
that he didn't have the ability, they didn't have the ability or capacity on their own and chose them and put his hand on them. I just love the picture of God's hand on them. And great things happened on them, through them. So we need to pray that in our life. Lord, bless me, not just what I need, but more than I need, so I can be a blessing. And let your current area of influence be enlarged and larger. And now I'm over my... Now I'm over my head, and now I need your hand upon me. I need your presence in my life. Even when I come up to do announcements, um, a lot of you, if you know, I did not ever like speaking in public. I said I would never even be up here. Um, and even when I come up to do offering or, or announcements, I'm always praying, God, I need you. I need your hand to be upon me, because I can't do it without you. Because this was one of my biggest struggles. And... It's every time, and I'm not even joking. Just to even come up to do something simple. I'm always asking God, I need you. Your hand to be upon me, God. That's what I just pray. And the hand of the Lord is a biblical term that God's presence is and power. With blessing and opportunity will come the desperation of presence. Because you feel helpless, unable to do it yourself. So we must learn to walk in his presence. I know it feels better to be qualified or competent or educated or skilled. It always feels better, but God prefers to do great things through you when you don't have those things and to be great through you. And we're going to read 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 5 to 6. Not that you are competent in ourselves to claim anything for ourselves, but our competence comes from God. He has made us competent as ministers of a new covenant, not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter kills, and, but the Spirit gives life. So you can pray, Lord, anoint me because what you've called me to do is too big for me. So we got blessed, influence, presence. Now we need to be sure we pray for this final area. Jabez prayed, oh, that you would keep me from evil. So notice a progression. Blessing without it, you have nothing to give. Influence what you do with it blessing and blessing others. Presence can't do without God. So all three points, and then what you need. Number four is for pray for protection. Protection. If you do the previous things, the enemy will come against you, and that is a given. First Peter chapter 5, verse 8. Be alert and sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. Get used to it and expect it, because that's what's going to happen when you step out. Psalms chapter 3, verse 1 to 3. Lord, how many are your foes? How many rise up against me? Many are saying of me, God will not deliver him. But you are my shield around me, my glory, the one who lifts my head on high. Some of you are under attack right now. You, you think it's circumstantial. No, the enemy is trying to keep you distracted from your purpose. Good. Just think of the, the, the distractions that are going on in your life. And, you know, we have death. We have uh, things that are, you know, work, our jobs. There's so many distractions. And we're going to look at... Uh, Romans chapter 8, verse 35 and 37. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble us 
uh, or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger of the sword. No, in all things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. So Lord, strengthen me in, and rescue me from the attack of the man, enemy. You can focus on getting God's focus on what you want or you can focus on what God wants. So I'm just going to invite the band up as we're starting to wind down here. So the prayer of Jabez, it's, we're going to start with, it's more blessing. God bless me. Enlarge my territory, so more influence. Let your hand be on me and with me, my, more presence. Keep me from harm, more protection. Remembering prayer isn't about God moving towards you. It, prayer is about moving towards God. I always remember the one uh, sermon that Pastor Trav preached on, and he said, what if it's that one more prayer that that person gets healed, saved, or that marriage is restored? What if it's that one more prayer? I think of Nevaeh. We talked, uh, Tyson uh, prayed for this morning. What if it's that one more prayer that marriage gets restored? That makes me want to press in and press through. So we pray like Jabez did. Uh, Dwight L. Moody said, I didn't pray long prayers, but I never went along without praying. First Thess Thessalonians 5, 7, pray continually. This is not up there. How do we pray continually? It's not, it doesn't mean 24, 7. No, it means you're always God conscious. I don't know what I should say. God, tell me what I should say. Maybe in that email, that text, or that conversation that you're going to have. We can always be in the spirit of prayer, realizing that God's presence is with us. I just want to encourage you, as we're stepping out as, as a church in prayer, and this is just the start of it, and, and encourage you to come on Wednesday. Um, God's going to do great things, and we're going to see miracles. And, and, and church, let's pray for even for that manference for next weekend, because God wants to do something in that time. And, yeah, I'm just going to hand it over to Pastor Trav now. Thanks, Carlisle. That was a great preach. Just don't want to miss the opportunity this morning that God is putting in front of you. We always, we really always close this service pretty much the same way. We sing a last song. And I want you to know once again this morning, we don't do that because we're trying to evoke emotion or manipulate how you feel. What we find is that um, everybody runs around so much, sometimes we don't just quiet ourselves one more time, just, hey God, is there anything else? We train our kids this way when they leave the house, and my wife actually had to train me when we got married too, because I would, I would just run out of the house to go to my next thing, and she would wonder if I still loved her. <laughs> and 
And I had to learn that in a relationship, when we're together, that the moment where it's not goodbye, but it's going to be, I'll see you soon, it's actually a really important point or important moment to connect on. And that's kind of what we do on Sunday mornings. We we connect one more time with God. Hey, God, is there anything else you want to say? Uh, I just want to... I just want to make sure today, God, that nothing is unfinished between us. And you might find that you have nothing this morning. You might feel like, well, there's nothing I need to say and there's nothing I'm waiting on God for, and that's fine. Because we'll sing and you'll be worshiping God, and man, there's just nothing wrong with that. But for those of us here this morning who maybe just there's just a little something extra. There's a moment that we need to pause on. This is the moment where we invite God to speak into our lives. And so I want to invite you to stand. And as we stand together, ask God the question. You can just say a very simple little prayer. Hey, God, is there anything that you are putting your finger on in my life today? Anything you want to say to me? And then don't be surprised if he does. So Lord, what is it? Is there anything you'd say to us, God? Thank you for joining us in another podcast from Generations Church. If you enjoyed listening today, please subscribe to our podcast channel to get a new one each week. For additional information or to partner with us, please check out our website at www.genchurch.ca.